0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Beck daily with
1: Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the Beck audio network.
0: BetQL and radio.com. I partnered up to help you beat the sports books. Use a promo code daily for 20% off any subscription. BetQL helps sports betters of all types from the first time bettors to hardcore make more informed betting decisions using data and analytics. BetQL's algorithms analyze over 350,000 unique bets every year in real time and help give you an edge over the books. Promo code daily for 20%. Off any subscription. It's BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network, Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat. Here we are on Twitter at BetQL Daily. And now joining the show is Mike Rutherford at Card Chronicle on Twitter. He's the founder and manager of CardChronicle.com. Mike, we appreciate you coming on BetQL Daily to talk some college hoops. And um, I, I was let, let's start off with uh, Jalen Johnson. Uh I was wondering, are you were you surprised at all? And maybe we shouldn't be surprised by the takes at this point when something apparently controversial happens. But were you surprised at the the wide range of strong opinions in, in the reaction to the Jalen Johnson opt out at Duke?
1: Not really. I, I mean, it sort of reminded me, which I guess is ironic, of the post Zion Williamson blown sneaker controversy from a couple of years ago, where you know everybody was like, "Why would he even think about playing anymore?" and everybody was like. You know, why would he think about even opting out? Duke is so good. It wasn't hard to. The least surprising thing about this entire season from a Duke perspective has been that there's been some drama surrounding Jalen Johnson. Everybody's brought up the fact that he went to three different schools in three years in high school. I don't think enough people have brought up the fact that one of the schools he left was IMG Academy, which is as player friendly an environment as you're going to find anywhere in the country. So for his, you know, quote unquote group to have some issues with IMG, it kind of put the writing on the wall that they were going to have some issues with whatever college he chose. Um, it is, I mean, I, I guess it's jarring to see anybody this late in the season say, I, I'm, I'm done, I'm leaving my team, but especially at a place like Duke, which is the biggest brand in college basketball. It's produced so many top-level talents in recent years. Um, I know that they're not having a great season. I know they probably need to win the ACC tournament to get into the NCAA tournament, but that's still definitely an option for them. It's, it's something at least at play I was surprised to see it happen the way it did. But as far as there being some kind of back and forth between the Duke coaching staff and the Jalen Johnson, his inner circle, that's kind of been going on since the summer. So so maybe this could be an addition by subtraction type deal for uh, for Duke. Maybe a uh, voodoo Tatum situation from Friday Night Lights where they get a little bit better and Matthew Hurd Matthew Saracen and they, uh, they win some games here the next few weeks.
2: Mike, most of the Blue Bloods have struggled this season. Like you mentioned, Duke, obviously Kentucky as well. The two top teams all season long have been Baylor and Gonzaga. Uh, we should have had that matchup, but COVID ruined that. In your opinion, who's the better team, Baylor or Gonzaga this season?
1: No, it's the it's million dollar crush. I mean, this has become the defining storyline of this season outside of all the craziness. It's, it's Baylor, it's Gonzaga, it's everybody else. I will stick with Gonzaga right now. I'll go with they seem to be kind of like a, a mini NBA team. Just, I think they're more talented than Baylor. They have more bodies. They have more offensive talent than any team in the country. They play at a faster uh, pace. Mark, Few always loves to get up and down, but this team specifically is, is the fastest-paced team that he has had at Gonzaga, uh, even faster than some of those great teams from just a couple of years ago. Baylor, meanwhile, is just your stereotypical great college team, uh, tough nose, maybe not a great throw in that mix. I think Jared Butler's really, really good. He could hang around in the NBA for a while but there's not a a Jalen Suggs-type player on that team. But they just get after you for 40 minutes. They wear you down. They don't stop coming defensively. Um, They can have one of four guys take over on any given night. Uh, I think they are very, very good. But if you're asking me to pick one, I will say, everybody wants to say defense wins championships. I think we can get over that phrase now. Defense (laughs) and offense wins championships. And I think Baylor, I'll go with their offense over Baylor's defense.
0: Yeah, we, we can bring that to other sports as well. I, I'm, done. I'm done with that <laughs> one, Mike. Uh, do, do you think Baylor and Gonzaga are on a collision course to meet in the end? Uh, we, we all embrace the madness and can't wait for it, but may, maybe it's better that these two teams go head up uh, in the final game of the season.
1: Yeah, that would be, I think, the dream scenario. As much as it would have been great to see those two teams play uh, a few weeks ago when that game was originally scheduled, imagine this just Log of a season, all delays, all the controversy, all the postponements. If it ends with an undefeated Gonzaga facing an undefeated Baylor, I think a lot of people are going to say this was worth it in the end and I would also guarantee our first undefeated national champion since 1976 uh, when Indiana did it. Um, it. It does, I don't want to say collision course because, man, 68 teams, especially this year, crazy stuff can happen. We don't even know if, if, if Baylor is going to be back in the next couple of games. They've been on a pause for a while and maybe that pause will cause them to drop a game before they even get to the NCAA tournament. But I would be – I know the statistics would probably tell you take the field over Gonzaga-Baylor if you're talking about more likely to win the national title. At this point, I feel like there's so much distance between those two teams and the rest of the country that i it's hard for me to foresee anybody but one of them winning it all. So I'm not guaranteeing they play for the national title, but I, I would be very surprised at this point if one of those two teams don't wind up cutting down the net.
2: And that's what's so crazy because usually, if you give me the field or the top two teams in the nation, I'm taking the field every single season in college hoops. But with these two teams, man, I don't think I could do it. If you have to do it and you have to pick a third team, is it Michigan or, or, you know, who could actually compete with these two teams? Who do you got up up on top in college hoops this year?
1: Yeah, I was encouraged by the way Michigan played against Wisconsin in their first game back from a uh, two week pause or three week pause, I guess it was, over the weekend. But still, having them. Be off so much time. It's a little bit concerning. We'll see how they play against Rutgers coming up on Thursday. I really, really like Ohio State. Now they're a little bit—I don't want to say overly reliant, but they're definitely relying on their outside shooting. But they've got a ton of weapons. Uh, Dwayne Washington's great. Ethan Liddell is fantastic. Uh, cj Walker's been really good. I think that they, when they're on, they're better than Michigan is. And, And those two teams, hopefully are going to play one another this Sunday. so That'll be a great matchup. But if you ask me to pick one of the two right now, I'll say Ohio State is that. Uh, my, my guys Mark mm-hmm. Titus and Pay Frazier have said, intercontinental champion is how they're the best teams besides Gonzaga and Baylor. I'll make Ohio State my intercontinental champion right now.
0: Yeah. The Buckeyes are Bret Hart, huh? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Rock before he became uh, the, the Rock in 1999.
0: Uh, very good. Love that. BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat, our guest Mike Rutherford at Card Chronicle on Twitter, founder and manager of CardChronicle dot com. And uh, speaking of the cards, how about uh, Louisville? Tell us about the 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 uh, the type of season that they've been dealing with. Eleven and four on the year, but a ton of postponements lately. Uh, what, what have been their biggest challenges?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest challenges have been those two lengthy COVID pauses. They went for Uh, three weeks without a game in December. When they came back, they were very, very rough, rough around the edges, uh, got blown out in their first game back against Wisconsin. And it really took them a couple of weeks to get their feet back underneath them. And then right when they seemed to be hitting their side again, they play a really good game against Georgia Tech back on February 1st, go to Syracuse to play a game two nights later, have a positive COVID test, have to come all the way back. They've been on pause now for the last 16 days. They're back in action tonight You always cross your fingers. I mean, things can happen pretty quickly this season. So hopefully this game gets played. But they're set to be back on the floor for the first time in over two weeks tonight against Syracuse uh, back at home. They've got two really good guards. Carly Jones is a fantastic college player, grad transfer from Radford, in the mix for ACC Player of the Year. And then also next to him is David Johnson, who's uh, I think probably going to be a lottery pick in the upcoming NBA draft, maybe not quite as polished as Carly Jones is, uh, but does – four things. He's bigger. He's more athletic. He's a terrific passer. They're going to go as far as those two guys can carry them. But it's bizarre, and I know that Louisville's not the only team in this situation. But it's bizarre to be here on February seventeenth with less than four weeks to go to Selection Sunday and have your entire fan base be like, "I don't, I don't know if this team's any good." Well, like, we have no idea uh, what this team is right now because they've played so few games and have had so many pauses. And it's just again, it's emblematic of this just super, super bizarre
2: season. Mike, one team I enjoy watching is uh, this season would be Alabama, especially when they score 115 points against Georgia this past weekend. Now, are they a top team in the nation, or is their success success just a a byproduct of the SEC being down? You know, we brought up Kentucky. That's not a real Kentucky team this season. Is Alabama a top team in the nation?
1: It's a fair question, because when you look at their non-conference schedule, they didn't perform all that well. They lost to Western Kentucky, who is a okay mid-major. They lost to Clemson. They got hammered by Stanford, who's been just sort of okay in the past 12 And then they dominated a down SEC and then tossed in there just a couple of weeks ago. They got beat by a shorthanded Oklahoma team. I still tend to think that they're for real. I, I love Nato's. I love the style of play. And what I think is has become sort of a misnomer when it comes to talking about Alabama is people look at these scores and they say, well, if they have one bad shooting night, they don't have the defense to counteract that. They're actually number two in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. They do defend. They just play at such a fast pace that they're bound to give up you know, 75, 80 points uh, on a given night. You saw that in the Georgia game uh, over the weekend where they scored 115 but gave up 82. Um, I think that they're, they're good. They've got a, a solid veteran player in uh, John Petty who's really good. Herb Jones has been one of the best uh, defenders in the, in the entire country. They finally got him back. Jaden Shackelford is, is a terrific player as well. I'm I'm kind of a believer in Alabama now they'll probably wind up losing in the 215 game and I'll look really really stupid but uh, if you're asking me buy or sell (laughs) on the tide right now I'm going to go with buy
0: yeah I I would not like that if Alabama goes down I've got a future that I'm very excited about the prospects of uh, them having a number (laughs) two seed uh so hopefully they can make some sort of a run Uh, so you sort of like Alabama Uh, any other teams you sort of like kind of flying under the radar
1: I'm a big fan of – I don't want to jump fully on the Illinois bandwagon like so many other people have. I think this is a team – everybody wants to like Illinois. I mean, they've got a a super exciting player in Iowa, who's generating a little bit of national player of the year buzz now. I think people kind of have Luka Garza fatigue. They're looking for that next guy, (laughs) and Io is clearly that guy. And they also have a, a dominant inside player in Kofi Coburn. Like, if this were NBA Jam. Everybody would pick Io and Kofi Cogan. Like like those those two together are a, a fantastic inside outside duo. I like Trent Frazier a lot, Andre Carbello. I know Illinois fans love him. The inconsistency scares me a little bit, but I still do like that Illinois team. I would also point to um, and this is gonna be a boring answer, but a team with the pedigree, they've won two of the last three national titles, but Villanova is right there. They've got veteran talent, they've got a couple of exciting young guys, but they've got that stalwart and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Uh, Colin Gillespie will give you all of the Ryan, Archie, Diakano vibes. Um, they've got a knockout outside shooter in Justin Moore. And they've got Jay Wright. I, I just feel like I trust them because they've earned that trust um, as far as like teams that are going to be on that those top three lines that you still don't know a whole lot about. But, I mean, outside of of those, those couple of teams, there's not a whole lot to like about lines two through four. I mean, you could see some of these teams making runs, and you could also see almost all of them getting knocked off in the first round. It just definitely seems to be Gonzaga, Baylor, and a whole lot of teams that are maybe good.
2: Big card tonight here on a Wednesday. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma, you get tonight coming up here in a few hours. Anything that you really like as far as tonight's card?
1: Well, I, I think that they actually just announced that that game is not going to be played now, unfortunately, because uh, all the weather issues that Texas is dealing with, and, uh, I mean, like we talked about earlier, you just never know if any of these games are going to wind up getting played. Uh, that was definitely going to be the highlight game. of nice. I'm curious to see. Um, I, I think USC is always fun to watch. I still don't know how good they are. I think they're the best team um, in the in the Pac-12. But in recent years, under Andy Enfield, they've dropped games sort of like tonight against Arizona State. And Arizona State team that has been really, really underwhelming so far this year. They came in with pretty solid expectations, uh, and and I think are under 500 as it stands right now, but still have the talent to get you beat this is the type of game that passed USC teams at wallace i'd love to see them kind of kick that mentality of the curb and, and stomp on somebody evan mobley is right there in the mix for uh, first team all-american status so curious to see how they handle this it. sort of a test of maturity more so than a test of actual opponent um outside of that tennessee south carolina tennessee who knows what to think south carolina's good for one gigantic upset every year and then Kansas-Kansas State, you have the rivalry aspect, but my goodness, Kansas State is terrible. So if, so if Kansas doesn't uh, doesn't uh, stomp on Bruce Weber's guys, that'd be an issue there. So a little bit of an interesting slate tonight.
0: Mike Rutherford at Card Chronicle on Twitter. Check out his website, CardChronicle.com. Uh, Mike, you you worked in an Intercontinental Championship reference, an NBA Jam reference. Loved both of those. So Eli Herskovich is going to be bugging you again. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so good, guys. Uh, talk soon. Mike Rutherford, good stuff there. Uh, Horvat, didn't you buy the NBA Jam game? Yeah, I did. I did. Was it worth it? Oh, man.
2: It, it won't. Really? For the first three weeks, like you don't stop playing it. Now it's kind of collecting dust next to the Peloton.
0: That – is the Peloton collecting dust?
2: I'm going to try to get back on it
0: today, Joe. Oh, uh, come it. on, man. Come on.